welcome into episode 22 of By All Means, right here on Western Reserve Radio. I am your host, Mark Means, Dave Ferris, back at our studios in Struthers for Western Reserve Radio. The show, of course, is presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Make sure to book your tee time now by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or call them at 330-740-7112. We thank them for being part of the show as always, find us on Facebook. Just look for Western Reserve Radio. You can find the show streaming live there. You can download the Live 365 or TuneIn apps, or you can go to our home on the Internet. That is westernreserveradio.com. That is where you'll find us streaming all of our programming here on Western Reserve Radio. Coming up in moments, we will be joined by Jeff Holke. He is a member of the BJD Bat Flags Company. And he's going to join us to talk about exactly what BJD Bat Flags does and what they can make for you with their personalized touch. Coming up later on in the show, we will be joined by Jim Craven, who will be handling the play-by-play for high school football this fall right here on Western Reserve Radio. We'll talk about the upcoming season, take a look at our opening game coming up on Friday night, look at the schedule for games in the Valley on Thursday, and we will premiere our high school football Power 5 poll that is a combination of myself and Just Football's Matt Emsch voting on our Power 5 poll And we will bring that to you every Tuesday and every Wednesday here on Western Reserve Radio. So that is a look at what's coming up on the show. Then we tune ahead to next week's broadcast. And next week we will recap the Major League Baseball trade deadline. We'll be joined by my former bullpen partner, Corey Crisson. And we will look at all of the moves in Major League Baseball's trade deals that happen this week leading up to the deadline. I'm going to go to the phone, and Mr. Hoki, are you there? I am, Mark. How are you? I'm great, Jeff. How are you? I am well. Thanks for having me on. So should we get all this Cubs conversation out of the way first before we get down to business? I'll give you a moment to like it. Hey, I, I, you know, what's in the past is in the past. But uh, 2016 was uh, was good, uh, a good ending for for uh, for the team in Chicago. Uh, obviously, uh, working you know with you in Mahoning Valley, uh, if the, some of the former scrappers, if they would have won the World Series, it would have been um, a great consolation prize. But uh, glad it glad it uh, turned out the way it did. So I got to ask you because I've never had a chance to ask a Cubs fan this question: If it doesn't start raining and there is no rain delay, do you think the Indians win that that game, or do the Cubs find a way to win that game? Uh, I don't. It depends on how much you look into it. Obviously, the big uh, rah-rah speech from Jason Hayward. Uh, everybody, you know, attributes that to the big turnaround. So uh, it's uh, hard to say. But uh, glad, glad it did rain for those 17 minutes in Cleveland, and uh, you know, it, it all worked out. <laughs> all right. So let's get to the heart of the matter, and uh, we've been talking about it on social media all week. So tell me about uh, uh, this Bad Flags company that you launched with a few friend of yours. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it it started. Uh, my father actually um, had some leftover uh, mini bats from uh, my time in minor league baseball. Obviously, working with you in, in uh, Mahoning Valley, I spent uh, another eight years after I left the valley uh, working for various teams. And so uh, he made one uh, just you know as a hobby. He's retired, and you know I had put it up in my office here, and uh, had a couple guys come in and say, "Oh, well, that's you know that's pretty cool. Where did I where did you get it from?" And you know once uh, the wheels 
started turning my marketing background, I thought, well, there's something here. And so um, it's myself, my dad, and uh, a buddy of mine, Brendan. Um, so that makes up the BJ and D. And uh, um, so it's, yeah, it's a fun little uh, side project that still obviously keeps baseball top of mind for me. And uh, um, we've been uh, making them since uh, the idea came around about 2018, but uh, it's been, we didn't really put a lot into it until uh, about midway through 2019 and so we're we're trying to hit all 50 states we're selling a, a flag to someone we're at about uh i think 15 or 16 states so far so we're we're starting to go i obviously i can get a few ohio to uh to you so thank you for that and so uh yeah it's been fun yeah, absolutely. I've got one that hangs uh, in my living room over the couch when I'm out there watching baseball and lately yelling at the Indians for the way they've been playing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, kind of take us through what all you offer and how people can find your products. Yeah, we've got several different ones. They, they range, um, the size is all pretty much the same. It's about a 16 by 20, so pretty nice, uh, nothing overbearing. We are um, trying to track down a, uh, a, a source for full-size bats to really um, make these things, you know, a lot bigger. But, uh, yeah, we uh, we started um, making just the what we call our old glory, which is just, you know, the typical uh, the, the flag. And we've branched into all sorts of things. We've had requests for New York Yankees flags and uh, Cardinal flags. We've got uh, the state of Texas. So we've done individual states. We did a Oh, let's see. The city of Chicago, state of California, Colorado, those all turned out really great. And then we, we do all sorts of different, uh, you know, one-off requests, whether it be uh, the thin blue, whatever, the thin blue, thin red, thin green, depending uh, for, you know, the um, fire, police, army, all those. So we've done a whole series of those as well. Um, so it's, it, like I said, it's been a lot of fun to um, have different people approach us and say, hey, what can you do with this? Like the California one, cutting the bear out. I've got a, a laser engraver. So it was a lot of fun um, cutting it out and trying to figure out how we were going to make it look like the state of California. And uh, it turned out really great. And when you get a special order like that, what's the turnaround time? How long does it take you from receiving the order to having the product ready to be shipped out? It depends on how uh, intricate the details are, but like say the Colorado flag, we, uh, me being a graphic designer and finding these templates um, and then, you know, making them to our specifications, um, you know, and then we have most of the bat, the individual flags, the, the process, we cut the flags in, or the bats in half and then we pre um, paint them all white. And so the, the turnaround is only um, I, at, at the latest, maybe two weeks on a you know on a unique one like the California one. But uh, with the pandemic and and things being a little slower, just in life in general, we've we've built up a pretty good surplus right now. And so uh, we've got those available right now. We've we've um, we've got a website. It's not launched yet, but we are on uh, Etsy.com, um, where you can find us on Facebook. I know you guys linked us uh, Western Reserve on the on your guys' Facebook page. So uh, we've got several on there available, and uh, you know we're excited to keep building. It's a fun little um, side hustle, if you will, and uh, it's been a really uh, great, um, like I said, little project to keep baseball top of mind for me. So you got to give Dad a lot of credit for kind of getting this rolling, then, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He he was the uh, you know I I'd say that uh, Brendan and I are the brains of the operation, and then you know he's our our, our craftsman uh, woodworker, and so you know we help where we can. But uh, it's a fun like like I said a fun collaboration like the city of Chicago flag that we did, um, and a few others that that have been really it's cool to think about like you know I can mock it up on the computer, but then to actually see it come to life, it's been been really great. 
And you mentioned, you know, you've spent a lot of time, uh, you know, throughout the Midwest of working in minor league baseball. I know, of course, we know each other from Mahoning Valley. I know you spent some time in Akron and some other stops as well. So uh, your passion for baseball, you've been able to kind of follow along some of those guys that uh, have made it to the show that you've been around. Yeah, it's it's been fun to watch, and and especially now I know you're you're uh, still heartbroken over, but Jason Kipnis coming over to the the Cubs and fulfilling his lifelong dream. You know, it's been fun to see him, um, you know, make the team and and contribute. Uh, you know, being that he was there when when you and I were there, and uh, um, you know, Chisholm Hall, who has since retired, um, came through. Then there's a whole list of guys. It's really crazy to see some of those guys are still around, uh, whether it be in an independent ball or you know in the professional scene. Um, just the commitment that they have you know it's been seems like forever since uh you know we worked our butts off that summer and uh, you know see those guys still throwing a baseball for a living it's been pretty crazy I mean, you look at it, and uh, from the Indians organizational perspective, it seems like a good, what I would say, half to three quarters of that roster spent at least some time at Mahoning Valley. Of course, Roberto Perez was there for just yep. a little while where we were there as well. So uh, it's always nice to see the homegrown talent develop for whatever team you root for. Yeah, and it's uh, like like you said, it's fun to see him come up the ranks. Uh, you know, we where where I'm at now in, in Illinois, we have the Peoria Chiefs, who used to be a Cubs affiliate. So, seeing you know the Kerry Woods, the Mark Pryors rehabbing was always fun, and then to see some of those guys when I interned there still um, contributing on the major league level has been been a lot of fun. And so it's uh, it's been fun. Like I said, now no longer you know working those 18-hour days at the ballpark. Uh, it's still fun to be able to. Um, you know, make these flags and be able to cheer on. Uh, we've made custom ones. We made actually a, a, a really cool um, Kyle Schwarber one. He's got a foundation. Um, and so we've uh, made that, and we're going to work with him on getting it up to him and having him sign it, and then we're going to auction it off for his um, his foundation. Um, so that one that one was pretty cool. I'm going to make another one and hopefully be able to have both of them signed and uh, add that one to my, my very small uh, autograph collection that I have. <laughs> small. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it small. <laughs> And, you know, one of the things, I don't know if you had the opportunity, there's not a lot of players, but, uh, you know, I still continue a relationship with a couple of guys that I'm still friends with that played in Mahoning Valley. May not be, you know, names to the average fan, but guys like Austin Adams and Marty Popham, who yeah. are both out of baseball now, but it's great to still continue those relationships. And I'm sure, you know, you've made friends with a lot of people across baseball in the time you spent, which was a lot more than I did. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty wild to to think about all the, you know, the sports figures, not just baseball, you know, when we'd have uh, you know, wrestlers come in for nights or different things like that, Olympians, um just the the people that, you know, we've crossed paths with both uh Brendan and myself, you know, he, he him working in minor league baseball as well. So we both have that um, you know, that minor league baseball um background and so just the amount of people that uh, you know, I've met over the time, it's been pretty wild and like like you said, I actually just ironically, I just came across a ball that I had uh um Marty uh, sign. I can't think of who else was on the ball, but I think he threw like a one hitter or a note, maybe a no hitter. I don't, something when he was in Mahoning Valley, and we had both those guys um, sign the ball. I can't. I have to look it up and see who the other guy was. But uh, it's kind of funny that you brought that name up uh, uh, from you know those days back. Man, that was in 2009, was it? I think. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm yeah. sure you're, of all the time you spent and all the things you've done, was there any I don't know particular videos you really enjoyed shooting that involved a kiddie pool? 
Well, you know, I, I told I, that up. I, I promised myself I would behave on this uh, this episode, <laughs> but um, I, I mean, you 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 uh, poked the bear, so I'm going to bring it up. But yeah, yeah, I would encourage everyone. I believe it's still out there, and uh, I might have to, you know, uh, tag you know Western Reserve on it or something on YouTube. But there's a video uh, that the one and only Mark Means starred in um, in a kiddie pool for uh, oh, it's it Caribbean pools and spas. I think so. <laughs> so something like that, and so uh, yeah, it was it was a really uh, fun afternoon shooting, and uh, the outtakes were were uh, really good, and uh, <laughs> uh, a couple good taglines uh, that we still you know bring up from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a really they're, uh, used, they're used around here too, so it's not just around. Well, that's you. good. I'm I'm glad that hasn't died off. But uh, yeah, it was uh, that was a good uh, <laughs> that was a fun summer, um, and like I said, we those, those fun little. Um, videos, I, you know, I think I shot one for a, an ice cream company, a handles ice cream out there where I was like a, a pitcher and I was on the mound, but I was, you know, not shaking the, the catcher off. I was actually eating an ice cream sandwich and, you know, different fun um, videos like that was always um, enjoyable to, to do, you know, all throughout my minor league baseball career. Jeff, before we let you go, coming up against the break again, let everyone know specifically where they can find you if they want to place an order. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook uh, if you just search BJD Bat Flags um, or on Etsy. I, I, there's several different, um, you know, m- much like anything else on Etsy, you know, one person's idea is, is recreated, you know, and I'm not saying we're the original, but uh, we're out there, BJD Bat Flags on Etsy. And for your guy, you know, for your listeners, uh, for the next week, we've got a promo code if they want to purchase, um, if they use the uh, promo code, and I think it's at checkout, uh, if they use the code Western, they'll get $10 off their order so uh, for the next week that way if you're not listening live and you're catching it on Facebook or the replay um, you know for the next week or so I think till the first uh, we've got it set up that it's ten dollars off if they use the promo code Western well that's perfect hopefully everyone takes advantage of that hopefully we have minor league baseball in the future here in Mahoning Valley of course that is all up in question we can get you back here and we can go to the ballpark and and hang out again that just should be a lot of fun yeah, I was. I had a trip all planned out this year to to visit a few people, uh, you know, yourself included, out here, and then uh, the season up and got canceled. And so I'm still planning a trip. I don't know. Hopefully in September. So I'll I'll definitely look you up when I come to town, and uh, we'll go uh, we'll go catch you up. All right, Jeff. Thanks for coming on, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Have a good day. That's uh, Jeff Holke, BJD Bad Flags. Just put that name in your search engine, and it'll come up on how you can find out more. Uh, use that code Western, as he mentioned, as well, if you want to place an order from them, and you can find out all the great works that they do. Like I said, I have uh, their the bat flag hanging over the couch in the living room uh, in my house, so it's definitely something you want to go ahead and check out. So uh, thanks to those guys from uh, BJD Bat Flags for being part of the show and for me settling up a little bet we had between Cubs and Indians this year that definitely did not go my way whatsoever coming up after we take a break we'll look at the high school football season that kicks off Thursday with five games being played in the Valley we'll look ahead to this season and we'll unveil those power rankings that uh, Matt Emsch and I are going to talk about week by week throughout the next six weeks of the high school football season right here on both of our shows on Western Reserve Radio. The show is always brought to you by our friends at Mill Creek Golf Course. Make sure to book a tee time now. It's simple. You can go online, 
Just go to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf, and you can book your tee time right there. If you want to call them, you can at 330-740-7112. Thank you to Jeff Holke from BJD Bat Flags. We'll take a timeout. When we come back on the side of the break, we turn our attention to some high school football here on Western Reserve Radio. Reserve Radio, joined on the phone by Mr. Western Reserve Radio, Mr. Craven. How are you, sir? Outstanding. It's uh, week one, so we're, we're getting pretty excited. Yeah, we didn't know if there would be a week one. It's not going to be a traditional season by any stretch of the imagination, but we know one thing. There will be high school football this weekend right here on Western Reserve Radio. Yeah, that is the plan for right now, and I'll tell you, before one snap is even taken this year, it is definitely going to be the most – it already has been the most unique football season that there has ever been. So uh, we're going to get through it, and we're, we're going to have some fun, and uh, hopefully you know, everybody will stay safe. It's an interesting season that where there's so many different things, some schools opting out. You could you know, maybe elect to play in the spring. You can, you know, every team potentially could choose to opt in for the playoffs or you could not. So it's going to be a definitely a unique season. And it all kicks off with five games on Thursday. And, you know, normally Thursday, the first Thursday, there's a couple of games. But we've got five interesting matchups coming up on Thursday. Howland and Canfield. Jefferson and Niles, Cheney and Ursuline, McDonald and Sebring, and Jackson Milton and Lowellville. And there's some really good football teams among those 10 teams going to play on Thursday night. Yeah, it's going to be a bunch of great matchups, and we're, all of them are going to be excited to see, uh, con- especially considering the circumstances. So, And you got to remember, these games are all pretty much last-minute schedules. And as we speak today and yesterday, there's still more schedules being changed. So the athletic directors of all people this year are working very hard to make this happen and they're doing a great job yeah the big change we heard yesterday warren harding was supposed to play cleveland heights on friday and now instead of playing cleveland heights on friday cleveland heights won't be beginning their season till week two so warren harding will be hosting benedictine saturday night at mollenkopf at seven o'clock because benedictine did not have a week one opponent till they were able to match up with warren harding and as you said boy you got to give a lot of credit to the athletic directors the athletic secretaries the conference commissioners because they put a lot of work in since we found out yes there would be some form of high school football in the state of ohio yeah, and certainly you have to look back all the way to June and July when they've been working on this. Uh, orders coming down from the governor in terms of the way things had to be done, or even if they were going to be done. And a lot of this was tentative. So this was something they were working on, not knowing if it was actually going to go forward. But uh, right now, everything looks good. So, uh, you know, just very excited. You know, I, I talked to a couple of athletic directors today, and when you talk to them, they almost seem like they're out of breath. You know, so again, you know, you get a chance to thank them. They've done a great job of not only working locally, but with the state level and all the orders that have come down, the Department of Health. So they've had a huge job, and these aren't guys that you usually hear about. They usually work in the background, and you, you see the fruits of the labor on game night, but they've been front and center for a, at least a couple months now. 
And, you know, when we, we think about it, you hear and a lot of coverage of you know, all the media in the Valley covers high school football. But these athletic directors had to prepare gyms for volleyball. They had to get ready for, you know, boys and girls soccer. So it wasn't just football they had to get ready for. There's a lot of different regulations per different sport that they had to go and abide by. Yeah, and certainly they're earning their money, but you think of all the things that they had to implement with the social distancing and, and the sanitization of locker rooms and playing facilities, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And not to mention keeping an eye on the athletes, making sure they're not showing any symptoms, um, you know, and I'm not sure what the testing situation is among the high school. Of course, the order that came out from uh, Governor DeWine did not apply to the high school players, uh, but they've got a lot on their plate. And that, those responsibilities are going to filter down to the coaches and uh, to the parents and other staff. So uh, this is a big group effort, and I'm seeing a lot of people work together really well. You look at this very different year, and I think there, there's really two major changes that fans will notice when they head to stadiums, what fans are able to head to stadiums you know, this weekend. And I guess the two that stand out to me are halftime, cut in half from 20 minutes to 10, and the line judges not handling the footballs. You know, As a former official, I know you can kind of delve into that a little bit more. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, there was so many changes in the mechanics of the way the – officials are going to operate uh, in terms of marking those spots. Uh, they're going to use beanbags now instead of grabbing the ball and setting it, waiting for the placement. Uh, the centers are going to play a big game, or excuse me, a big part <coughs> Excuse me, in the game, and they are going to be responsible for the ball. They're going to take it to the huddle. They're going to bring it to the line. They're going to place it next to the beanbag uh, so that they're going to be able to, and they're going to be able to get back up off the ball once they set it. So a lot of adjustments being made, made there for the officials, uh, you know, another group that are not really being talked about right now, but are doing a great job of making their adjustments. And uh, from what I understand, a lot of the officials are going to wear masks. Some may not. You do have that option because it is a physical activity, even for the officials. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to see a lot of things different. Timeouts are going to be a little bit longer. Halftime is going to be a little bit shorter. Uh, so, you know, the things that you weren't used to are things that we're going to have to adapt to for at least this one year, hopefully for just this one year. You know, and I was, I was wondering, I didn't really have a chance to talk to anybody from the OHSA, but the, the halftime being cut in half, I mean, it made me wonder, is it to just get the game over faster? Is it so players aren't you know, in a smaller locker room area for a longer period of time where they really don't have an opportunity to be that far socially distanced apart? I mean, it made me wonder you know, why you couldn't do something like you do for a scrimmage instead of going back into the locker room if the weather is cooperating, you could just head over to the end zones and meet with your teams or even your position groups there. Yeah, I don't really know what the reasoning is, but uh, you know, one of the things, obviously, as you mentioned, was going to be the weather that's going to affect what they do. Uh, you know, if it's storming out, if it's raining, you know, obviously you don't want to be sitting out at halftime. But uh, my understanding is they're going to have the home band there too performing, and there's only going to be one, so that will shorten the time down for halftime. Also, as they try to limit capacity in the stadium and uh, depending on certain schools, you know, there's only going to be a certain amount of tickets available to ensure that social distancing. So, uh, you know, again, these are going to all be adjusted. And, and I think after week one, they're going to see what works, what doesn't work and, and go from there. The OHSA is very good at that, especially in the officiating department. Uh, uh, Bruce Maurer is very good in terms of trying to make things work in a way that's efficient, but also safe. And, you know, one of the things that I like that they are doing, 
doing. Like you see the ticket distribution from some schools, and they may some schools may be allotting more tickets if you're an upperclassman, if you're a senior, and you know still tickets, but not maybe not as many for a family member if you're an underclassman. I know a lot of schools are reporting that they're going to for their first home game, whether that be this week, next week, or you know whenever it is along the schedule of having senior day that day. That way you can you know try and guarantee that this group of seniors will get their day to be celebrated because I mean let's be honest about it we hope we play all the way through to the state championships around Thanksgiving but we don't know what each week is going to bring oh certainly this whole situation is fragile right now and again the two athletic directors that I talked to today did mention that they want to do their senior days early they want to make sure they get those in and they get the recognition and uh you know as far as ticket uh distribution you know these are the last moments for the seniors and you know juniors coming up and there's family to take into consideration uh, but unfortunately, we're only going to be working on a percentage of uh, people who are going to be able to attend. And you have to also take into consideration that it's not just the spectators. There's going to be coaches. Uh, there's going to be broadcast crews there uh, and people in the, in the press box. So there's only so much space to go around. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, for most, they may not be able to attend. And uh, we are kind of blessed here to be able to be the ones to bring them the action uh, during these broadcasts. Yeah, it's going to be you know a, a very unique season, and it's one of those where I think we have an opportunity for some teams in the area to really have special years. And you know, uh, it's it's home for you for for both of them. The two teams that stand out to me. We'll get to the rankings a little later. Springfield and Poland have very good football teams. Poland's got a lot coming back up front of their offensive line where they love to run the football and Springfield's, you know, got one of the best quarterbacks, not only, you know, in Ohio, but maybe in the Midwest for high school football back. Hey, you look at the Poland Bulldogs and you saw the rough start that they had at the beginning of the year, trying to do some things maybe they weren't equipped for. Uh, Coach Williams making that adjustment. They went to a power football game. That front five was outstanding up and through the playoffs. Uh, you know, there wasn't many people who can compete with them. They've had a year to get bigger and stronger. Fortunately, uh, these seniors are going to have a year, uh, you know, be able to have their season, at least as we can see right now. And that is going to be their core right there, the offensive line. That is going to be huge for them. The Poland Bulldogs will go as that front five goes. And, you know, it's going to be interesting, too, because there's it's a year where – a lot of exceptions had to had to take place, and you know there were big games slated for the state of Ohio and for the Valley that unfortunately weren't able to be played this year, where some rivalry games aren't going to happen. Uh, we can only hope that that only affects the schedules for this year, and we can go back to seeing games like you know Week One's kickoff was supposed to be Springfield and South Range, and, you know two guys, the two schools that were former league mates that are now going to separate conferences, but still want to try and continue that rivalry. Yeah, two great programs, two fantastic coaches in Sean Guerrero and Dan Yagley. Uh, you know, we we had other games lined up here in this region, more or less, uh, where Bishop Gordon was going to come up from Nevada and play, and that was going to be a huge deal. But, again, we're getting down to the, um, you know, the bare essentials, I guess, from the OHSA, where we're going to have the six-game season, and then everybody will make the playoffs. Of course, uh, they're looking at just about, I believe, in excess of 60 schools who will not play 11-man football uh, this year. But it still leaves a significant amount. But it was really tough for the athletic directors to make these matchups as it was right now. So you'll see a couple of different ones this year. But uh, like you said, I really look forward to 2021 when those big ones will come back. You know, week one, you and I were looking forward to uh, with South Range and Springfield. But, uh, you know, unfortunately not to be. We can't complain so much because we are going to have football. 
you know, and I wonder, and maybe once things calm down a little bit, we can ask athletic directors, you know, like in the NE8, how do they determine what one school everybody didn't play? Like, I know I look on the schedules and Niles and Hubbard aren't playing each other. That's their one game in conference that's not happening. I'd be curious to learn exactly how they determine which one of those games would be. You know, look at I don't believe Jefferson and South Range are playing this year. They're the two furthest teams traveling distance-wise in the NEA. So that kind of makes sense for both schools. We're going to take a time out here on By All Means. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll enter the Power 5 rankings we're going to talk about every week right here on Western Reserve Radio and by all means. Youngstown, Warren, and Salem's local and national sports talk can be found on TuneIn and the Live 365 app at Western Reserve Radio, WRDB, The Scourge. means continues right here on western reserve radio presented by milk creek golf course jim craven joining me to talk about the kickoff of the high school football season coming up beginning on thursday and it is quite a busy schedule for games jim we mentioned thursday's games howland at canfield mcdonald at sebring jefferson at niles right across the street from me here and chaney at ursuline over at stanbaugh stadium but Friday is the full slate of games, and the one that jumps out to me is, you know, is one of the really exciting matchups every year, and that's Boardman and Austintown Fitch playing in Week One. Yeah, two of the biggest, two of the biggest schools in the area are going to get together. Uh, you know, Boardman, uh, a lot of size with them this year. I got to be able, to, I got to watch them a little bit from a distance, of course, and uh, Austintown under a new coaching uh, staff this year, so. Uh, that one's always big. Everybody enjoys that. It's usually a great crowd, too. Uh, unfortunately, you know, not to be this year. And uh, but we'll, we'll see where these both these programs are with the changes that are being made. Another interesting name, and when you talk about power high school football programs in Ohio, you have to mention these two teams for their history. Steubenville and Cardinal Mooney play Friday night at 7 o'clock at Stanbaugh Stadium. I read one report. It's the first time Big Red has been away from home for their week one game since the early 80s, and they're going to take on Cardinal Mooney with the new head coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steubenville does pretty good at home. You know, they always joke they've had the same officials for 35 years there. They're part of what goes on. But, uh, you know, that's a great matchup. And, again, this is one of the ones that kind of formulated as a result of the changes. And Mooney making their change late with head coaches, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see how that's going to work out and what the different styles are going to be. Coach Polini taking over for uh, P.J. Fecco. And uh, Steubenville, of course, always tough no matter the year or the circumstance couple of other interesting matchups to look at in you know an any eight game right out of the gate that's going to be big for both teams poland goes to south range to take on coach yagley's raiders in week one at seven o'clock at that beautiful new facility they have there uh in north lima and that that's a big week one matchup for both teams yeah and i think it's going to set the tempo for a lot of things uh, again you're going to look 
at full and see if they're going to continue playing that power football. Dan Yagley, you know, no matter how many seniors he loses and replaces, he always adjusts well. He really coaches to the strengths that he has. I'll be interested to see what they look like this year compared to last year prior to the uh, seniors leaving. You know, another game that I'm kind of intrigued by uh, is a matchup that uh, we might not have talked about in in past years, but Crestview returns everybody from last year. They had no graduating seniors. Champion came up short in the playoffs, did not make it. Crestview travels to Champion Friday night, 7 o'clock up there in Trumbull County, and that could be a big game for both of those schools too. Yeah, champion actually uh, becoming a really solid program. Uh, the things they're doing look very good. Uh, Crestview, you and I had an opportunity to see them last year. As young as they were, we saw flashes in them that we knew there was going to be some great development coming along. It wasn't a matter of uh, a lack of athletic ability or any kind of skill. It was just a matter of experience. They've got one more year under their belt, and they've got a long way to go with still only a few seniors. You know, you look at it, and there's been quite a you know pretty big schedule of games going on, and even a rivalry game. This is usually a typical Week 10 game, but this year it's a Week 1 game. Salem and West Branch uh, in the Northeast Buckeye Conference, and they usually play Week 10. They're going to begin that rivalry playing in Week 1. Yeah, and the location of the teams is not coincidental. A lot of the schools wanted to travel within their county. That was important to them in terms of dealing uh, with the other issues and uh, standards with the Department of Health. They felt that that was a safer thing to do. So that makes for a great week week one matchup. And if something does happen, should the season have to slow down, should some games have to be canceled, we've had these great ones in here. They've had the opportunity to have these two schools together that are really close in terms of distance. And uh, the seniors get to have that experience. So I'm happy to see that. I mean, I've called that rivalry football, boys and girls basketball both. That is a very intense rivalry and quite a way to kick off the first week of high school football. I mentioned it earlier, Jim, Matt Amsh, who does Just Football, and I sat down. We came up with a top five ranking that we're going to do on both of our shows every week. Uh, of course, he's on from five to seven on Wednesdays with Just Football. And uh, what we did is it's it's our top five in any division in the Valley. We're not doing a big school, small school division. It's just our top five going into the preseason. Him and I sat down together yesterday and kind of came up with it. And I'll tell you, our top five already has more than five teams in it. So that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Yeah, and again, with this odd year, it's going to be hard to predict some of these things because the matchups you thought you were going to have and the way you're going to be able to gauge them is not going to happen that way. So we'll see how smart we all think we are and how we're going to do on this in terms of picking games. Um, so that, that part should be a lot of fun. So here's our top five. We'll go from five to one. We have a tie for the fifth spot, and uh, it is uh, the Crestview Rebels and the Warren John F. Kennedy Eagles come in tied for number five. At number four is the Campfield Cardinals. Number three is a team that had a down year last year, but I think we both agree it's going to be a bounce-back team with a lot of skill on the offensive side of the football, and that is the Ursuline Irish are number three. Number two is the Poland Bulldogs, and uh, the, the team that went to the state championship game that you and I called last year, the Springfield Tigers, are number one. So it's Springfield, Poland, Ursuline, Canfield, 
and Crestview and JFK tied for number five. And the one thing I think you'll notice in that list of six schools in our top five is they are traditionally powerhouse programs in the Mahoning Valley. Yeah, and these are, I mean, these are schools that are usually successful year in and year out. The, the interesting one that I look at because of the connection and the way they have gone back uh, in terms of coaching is Ursuline. Uh, you know, to see how that's going to work out for them, see how they've developed over the year. They're, you know, obviously with the coaching staff changes, uh, some new players have come in, some guys have graduated, but I'm really interested to see if the coaching is going to make that much of a difference in a program in that short of a time. And somewhere in my gut that tells me it's really going to, I think there's a, some excitement buzzing around that program right now. And the Ursuline alumni are really excited about this also. I mean, you look at the, the Irish, they open up with Cheney on Thursday night at, at Sandbox Stadium at Youngstown State, and, and that's one of those where, I mean, it doesn't matter what side of the field you are for a game like that. When those two schools play, when those two tradition-rich programs in our area get together, I mean, that would be a game where the stands would absolutely be packed. Would that be possible? And, uh, you know, it's one of those, that should be a great football game. Yeah, it really should. Uh, Chris Emil bringing back the Cheney Cowboy program last year, uh, and they were they looked in midseason form. Game one, and when they took on Mooney, came up a little bit short, but the score so close, and the way they battled, and the, and the fundamentals that they showed, uh, you know, that was really exciting. So they've had another year in this program under Coach Emil. So we'll see if they can. Uh, right now, I think this is going to be a very even matchup. And this, is, I mean, if you had the opportunity to go see it, this would be one of the ones I'd highly recommend. And you, you mentioned it earlier, you know, we you know, were working out the final pieces to everything, but it looks like we will have a Springfield at Mineral Ridge here on Western Reserve Radio on Friday. And uh, you, you look at Springfield, and that's a team that, that the numbers are good. They went to the state championship game last year. You know, there's a lot of high expectations there. And I, I look at Mineral Ridge. They were young last year. Some of those guys got a lot of experience and could be an interesting week one matchup. Yeah, Springfield, I, I believe, you know, they they feel that they still have that window open right now to get back to where they were. Of course, they're building around quarterback Bo Brungard, who is young, did a phenomenal job last year. They were undefeated all the way up to that state championship game. Just wasn't meant to be that day. Uh, Mineral Ridge, I think a, a I would say a lot further behind Springfield in terms of their development. We were able to see them with Newton Falls last year. Uh, a lot of good material there, a lot of good talent. We'll see if they've developed enough to compete with a high-powered team like Springfield. You know, that was a 58-13 win last year at Springfield win for the Tigers. And, you know, I look at it and I think it's going to be a much closer game this year between those two teams. Yeah, and especially in week one, we have to keep in mind that these teams haven't, uh, up until the last week or so, haven't had any scrimmages. So uh, there's going to be maybe a little bit of sloppy play here, and that's something that Mineral Ridge might be able to take care of. Are you going to be able to get that turnover that's going to maybe swing the momentum or maybe pick up a touchdown uh, maybe on an interception or on a miscommunication, something to that effect. Uh, but this is definitely an opportunity for Mineral Ridge to see where they are. Springfield, on the again, on the other hand, have high expectations they're expected to go in and win that game. That's one of the things I wanted to end our conversation, Jim, kind of talking about, you know, there's been no contact in practice. There's been, you know, what one scrimmage for, for these teams so far, if they elected to play one, 
having not had a lot of contact, having not had a lot of opportunity to get ready for a game, I think fans that are able to, whether you're listening on the radio or if you're fortunate enough to be able to go to a game, need to realize it might take a game or two to get back to the quality of football that we expect just because they haven't had the opportunity to be ready to play these games yet. Yeah, and that's not only at the high school level, but that's also going to be at the NFL level with the elimination of the preseason games. So this first game is going to be, you know, uh, first game speed action for them. Um, they're going to, you're probably going to see maybe more penalties than usual, and you're going to see a little bit of, you know, maybe a little bit of confusion. They haven't been in uh, in the heat of battle, so to speak. So this is going to be like their first scrimmage, their first all-out game situation. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to tolerate that a little bit. And the team that makes the, less, the least amount of mistakes, they're going to be the ones that are going to win at the end. It's just that simple. Do you think that offers opportunity for teams that may be underdogs in matchups to either hang into games or maybe even pull a couple of upsets week one and two? Oh, and considering the situation, what we've seen this year so far and the elimination of certain aspects of it, absolutely. You can guarantee that week one, we're going to see a couple of teams we just didn't see coming that we probably just assumed it was going to turn out a certain way, pop up and get that big win. And you know what? That's huge for some of these programs to carry on through what could be a very short season. Again, you're only looking at six games. If they're healthy and they can just catch that momentum, I'll tell you, there's going to be a few surprises around here. So Friday night, post-game, you know what the scores are going to be a lot of fun. You know, a couple teams that I'm intrigued about that may have an opportunity to have nice years that we might not think about. You mentioned champion. I'm going to throw in Lowellville into that conversation. I think they've got a lot of young talent coming back uh, there for the Rockets as well. I, I have mentioned how much I think Crestview can have a special year with everybody back this year uh, for the Rebels. So there's just a couple of teams like that that might be on the verge of taking that next step that really might have that chance this year. Yeah, and Andrew Mamula taking over at the head, as the head coach in Lowellville. The numbers are up there. Uh, a lot of skill players are going to be up there. And incidentally, uh, for those who would be looking for that game with Lowellville this week, they're going to be playing their home games at Struthers because it's going to be able to, you're going to be able to spread out a little bit more there on their brand-new turf there. So uh, Lowellville had a lot of material there that uh, Coach Velasquez built up over the last couple of years. And we'll see if uh, Coach Mamula can kind of refine that and uh, they may be one to surprise a lot of people, especially in week one. You know, you talk about one of the things, I don't care what level of football it is, if you've got a quarterback returning, you've got a chance to win. They've got a sophomore quarterback returning with a couple more years to go for development. So they, I think they could be a real interesting team to keep an eye on in a Valley over the next couple of weeks. Well, Jim, we didn't know if it was going to happen. We're fortunate enough that it is going to happen. And high school football begins this weekend, of course. Springfield and Mineral Ridge scheduled to be here on Western Reserve Radio on Friday. And uh, I'll be with Dave for the postgame show immediately after uh, you and Bob wrap up the broadcast. And uh, going to be an interesting season. We'll take it one week at a time, and hopefully it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to have all the same names involved. We're going to just kind of move everything around. It's a little bit of a shell game, so I'll miss you on Friday. But we're certainly looking forward to the postgame wrap-up. We will take a break, come back, and wrap things up. Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at MillCreekMetroParks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart 
paths and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leads. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. Time to put a wraps to episode 22 of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Make sure to book your tee time by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or you can call the clubhouse at 330-740-7112. Thank you to all of our guests on today's show. Jeff Holke from BJD Bat Flags. If you want to check out what they've got to offer uh, for your man cave, for your living room, for your house, wherever you want to put a little baseball flair in, just put BJD Bat Flags into your search engine and they will come up, whether it's their Facebook page or their Etsy page. They'd be happy to take care of you. Thank you to Jim Craven handling the play-by-play duties this year for high school football here on Western Reserve Radio on the Friday nights. And uh, make sure to listen to that game scheduled to be here on Western Reserve Radio Friday. I believe about... Uh, 6.45, 6.50, they'll take the air before they kick off around 7 o'clock. And David, I'll be back with you for the post-game show to wrap up the first week of high school football. Looking ahead to next week's show, Corey Christen, my old co-host from the bullpen here on Western Reserve Radio, will join us to recap the trade deadline in Major League Baseball and what is a very unique season for them in the big leagues as well. So he'll join us next week at 5.10 to talk a little baseball. We'll get into everything going on with the Indians and Pirates as well. Don't forget Just Football with Matt Amsch tomorrow right here on Western Reserve Radio. I'm sure he'll have a lot of high school and college and NFL information for you. That is going to do it for today's number 22 of By All Means for executive producer Dave Ferris and our Struthers studio. I am Mark Means and you've been listening to By All Means right here on the home of By All Means Western Reserve Radio.